Advertising your business with GCN is simple, effective, and more affordable than you might think. Visit advertise.gcnlive.com for more info. Take your business to the next level. From an undisclosed broadcasting location. This is a test. For the next 60 seconds, this station will conduct a test of the emergency broadcast system. America, here comes the relief from the pain. Unapologetically, this is Lock and Load with Bill Frady. Number three, this is Lock and Load, and joining me now from uh, the beautiful Yuma, Arizona, is writer Dean Weingarten. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Bill. How are you today? I'm doing good. I am doing good. Been a, it's it's another week of broadcasting, I hope, excellence. At least I'm trying to bring it, you know, that kind of thing. Anyway. Well, I think you do a great job. Thank so, you. Uh, Thank you very You much. have my endorsement. Well, that may, that means something. At least, if nothing else, me and you could just do this, and if anybody, nobody else likes it, that's fine. <laughs> that would be fine. Um, let's talk about New Mexico. They just uh, Lujan Grisham. That's the land of Grisham, and uh, yeah. you know she she just she tried to uh, ban everywhere to carry guns. That didn't work out too well for her. So now she's had her gun buyback. Tell me about this. Yeah, this is it's really. I found it very interesting. Of course, I've been following these things for. Oh, about 10 years, uh, I went to the first, um, to my first one in 2012, well, the end of 2012, beginning of 2013, in Phoenix, and it was a fascinating, extremely fun event, because in Arizona, private purposes are perfectly legal, but in New Mexico, Grisham, the current governor, who's very far left, managed to cram through a bill making private purchases illegal in New Mexico. And uh, what that means is you are not legally allowed to sell a gun to somebody. I mean, they say you can do it to family members, so it's kind of squishy. Right. But uh, theoretically, you're not allowed to sell it to another party without going through a government, you know, a, a government agent, uh, uh, somebody with an FFL license who then has to approve of it. Well, if the government has to approve of your sale, then it doesn't appear to me that it's a private sale. It's not private any longer. Um, so what happened in New Mexico is that, uh, governor, uh, the current governor, uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham, uh, decided that apparently since her attempt to just shut down uh, the ability to carry guns in Albuquerque and a couple other places was uh, so adamantly opposed by just about everybody in Louisiana that she'd try something else. So she announced that there would be three gun turn-in events on November 4th. Uh, one was going to be in Las Cruces, and then another one in Albuquerque, and then another one was uh, going to be close to Santa Fe. Uh, it's a town with a, a little different uh, name. I'll probably dig it up a little later. Um, and 
they announced this, you know, a couple weeks in advance. So I was able to uh, put out an article about it saying they were coming. Yep. And I got a hold of the state police in New Mexico and asked how much money did was allocated because it's a critical thing. Right. You know, if they only allocate a couple thousand dollars, you know that the money's going to be gone very quickly. If they allocate a half a million, uh, it's going to last a lot longer. But they never got back to me. Had plenty of time, but they just never did. And unfortunately, the New Mexico State Police are starting to get a reputation of not being all that um, responsive to requests uh, for such information. So, but we, what I found out later, and uh, what happened is they had these three events, and they're they're giving out a substantial amount their prices, and who knows where they come up with these prices. They ought to ask me. I'm a, you know I'm subject matter expert. I tell them what would be a good <laughs> value for the money. Right. I do a lot better than they do. I'll tell you. And in this one, they said they would give out two hundred dollars for a pistol, any pistol, working right. or not. And they would give out $300 for any long gun, working or not. Well, to me, you know, this was like, uh, it's like a red flag. I mean, any gun shop in the area that's got some old clunkers or people that have a shotgun that's, you know, the, the hammers have gone off of it for a double barrel or maybe a barrel's been sawed off and the, it uh, just doesn't work very well anymore. I mean, I'd be turning those in for three hundred bucks, and you'd get a pretty nice shotgun for three hundred. Clean out, brand new. Clean out the back room. Yeah, and that's what happened in Dallas. We talked about that when I was up there. There were a couple of gun sellers that brought in a lot of guns that were not selling very well, and they uh, they were only getting two hundred dollars for a long gun there. So what happened was entirely predictable. The first people in line who got there very early and made sure that they were in line, cleaned up on the money that was available. And everybody else waited in line and waited in line while the police processed the first, you know, couple hundred guns that came in. And then they were told, no more gift cards, we're sorry. And uh, we had uh, a person at the Albuquerque event, some participants, I guess, uh, said this, uh, well, I'll, I'll quote from the KRQE article. Uh, participants tell News 13 the line to get into the vent was like a parking lot. You sit in your car for an hour and a half, you know, for $200 for one pistol. The guy laughs, and you burn a lot of gas while you're waiting, too. And then the state police told gun owners they could leave their weapons, even though they didn't have any money left. <laughs> that was what I was going to ask you. If they run out of money, could they require them to leave the guns anyway? Well, this uh, this guy at the event talking to uh, KRQE said, I wasn't going to do that. Nobody else was either because everybody was heading for the gate and leaving. Now, some people did, it turns out. The police said they got 160 firearms turned in after they ran out of gift cards. Now, I've noticed that at these events, there is uh, there are basically three types, three groups, and they overlap a bit, 
that turn in firearms. There's the uh, inheritors, you know, who inherited a gun from right, somebody, right. and they don't know anything about it. And they're not interested in it. And they just know they have this gun, and they kind of want to get rid of it, but they don't have the gumption to go up and take it to a gun shop or a gun show, and they don't do any research online. And then somebody says, hey, they're paying money for guns at this gun turn-in event. And I say, well, I get solve two problems. You know, I get rid of this gun, I'll get some bucks for it. And they show up, and sometimes the guns they bring in are not worth much. Like when I was in Dallas, I saw some pistols that I, eh, you know, I probably wouldn't have given $25 for, you know. <laughs> I mean, some old RGs. They don't have a good reputation, um, revolvers and things like that. And uh, then you get some of them bring in a nice Browning Auto 5 shotgun that's probably worth 500 bucks. And, you know, and then, or as happened to one of the people at the uh, Dallas event, uh, they uh, brought in a, a Minty. I mean, I don't think it ever been fired. Right. Colt SP1, their first civilian version of the AR 15. And they end up paying 400 twice what they were offering at the buyback, but it's worth on the collector's market two to three thousand dollars. So uh, hang on for me if now. you will. <laughs> hang on for me if you will. Uh, uh, we're going to talk uh, talking to Dean Weingarten. We'll be right back. You just you just tickled me with that one. This is Lock and Load. <laughs> Darren Tactical Innovations is the ultimate one-stop shop for all your competition, law enforcement, and military needs. Home of the weapons of wit. Now featuring the new pit fiber, Terran is the one who trained the one. And he is Hollywood's go-to for taking the weapons and training to the next level. His legacy of championship wins, spanning across decades, is due to his uncompromising dedication to perfection. These innovations are now offered to you at TerranTactical.com. At MGS, we have what it takes to reinvent yourself. With a curriculum designed to balance work, family, and a gun repair education, MGS provides the gateway into one of the fastest-growing segments of the gun industry. Modern Gun School's mission is to provide high-quality distance education using time-tested materials and hands-on projects designed to develop a proficiency in both the technique and the business of gunsmithing. Go to mgs.edu. MGS Trade School. Your future is waiting. Tehebo Tea Club's original Pure Pouty Arco Super Tea helps build red corpuscles in the blood, which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop, and cancer dies in oxygen. So the tea is great for healthy people because it helps build the immune system, and it can truly be miraculous for someone fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. The tea is also organic and naturally caffeine-free. A one-pound package of tea is $49.95, which includes shipping. To order, please visit shopsupertea.com. The first word is shop, spelled S-H-O-P, then the word super, and then the word tea. 
The complete website is shopsupertea.com or call us at 818-984-6100 Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818-984-6100, shopsupertea.com. Are you a business owner? Are you confused by the complexity of the tax laws? We can help. I'm Dan Pilla, and I've been helping business owners solve tax problems for over 40 years. My book, The Small Business Tax Guide, shows proven ways to avoid all the common business tax problems. Don't risk your business. Go to danpilla.com to order your copy. That's danpilla.com. Order now and get a free 15-minute call directly with me, a $99 value. Go to danpilla.com. That's danpilla.com. Get healthy, not high, with 100% pure CBD, powerful natural pain relief from Veterans Vitality. GCN listeners, have you ever thought about how CBD may help you? I'm sure you have heard about the many benefits of CBD. Well, here's your opportunity to try before you buy. Created by veterans and for everyone who deserves better choices, our CBD is derived from organic hemp, grown in the USA, and third-party tested. Veterans Vitality CBD saves you as much as 25 to 50% over our competition, and a portion of all sales is contributed to veteran nonprofits and events. Many of our customers have experienced improved quality of life, help with anxiety, PTSD, and overall well-being. Our products do not contain THC. They are safe, non-addictive, effective, and 100% legal. GCN listeners, get your free trial bottle of premium CBD by simply paying shipping and handling at GCNFreeCBD.com. That's GCNFreeCBD.com. Again, GCNFreeCBD.com. Offered by Veterans Vitality Premium CBD. Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Welcome back. This is Lock and Load. Talking to Dean Weingarten, he was telling me about this stupendous gun buyback event in New Mexico. He caught me on the... Uh, so tell me about this cold again. Yeah. So uh, what happened is that uh, there were a lot of people waiting in line at these three events in New Mexico. And the first people in line unloaded their unwanted guns that mostly probably weren't worth that much. Because if you go to all the trouble to get first in line and you have a bunch of uh, guns, you probably have a pretty good idea of what they're worth. That's what happened in Dallas. Now, so we saw that in Albuquerque, and here's a, a quote from a participant, uh, and he said, the governor sponsored this thing. It didn't go smooth. They said it was. It was just a fiasco. And then, so I unfortunately didn't have sources at these events, uh, try to have a source, but uh, I was able to comb through the internet and find some reports of what went on. And then in Las Cruces, somebody reported on Craigslist. I thought that was an interesting thing. They put a complaint on Craigslist because they knew it'd get published. And here's what they said. 
uh, poor planning on the part of our state police at this event. Dozens of people lined up before the event even started at 8 o'clock, and it was over before 9 a.m. The event was scheduled to run until 2 p.m. I was about 20th in line when I arrived at 7.45 a.m., but the line never even moved until they started telling folks the event was over. They said they ran out of fun, organized by our joke of an organization, New Mexico State Police. Now, he was kind of disgruntled, I think. Um, so what we see is that they, uh, they had a lot of disappointed people, and they collected a few, you know, some firearms. They, they, got, yeah, they put out an announcement and said 279 firearms were purchased at the three locations and they gave the number of handguns <laughs> you know you've got to wonder about a police organization that can't differentiate between rifles and shotguns now it said the event said that they would give $300 for every long gun you know a lot of shotguns were turned in because shotguns are common right? and yet they only said that handguns and rifles were turned in at all three events. At Albuquerque, 56 handguns, 54 rifles. At Las Cruces, 31 handguns, 56 rifles. And the uh, third place was Espanola. It's near Santa Fe. And uh, so they collected 19 handguns and 63 rifles. But there's not a single mention of a shotgun being turned in. So I'm convinced that when they say rifles, they really meant long guns. We know how much they're willing to pay for a long gun. Right. And we know how much they're willing to pay for a handgun. So if you do the math uh, on those 279 firearms, it comes to $73,100. And in the, uh, in the newspaper article, they said that they had handed out $73,200 worth of gift cards. Well, one gift card here or there, I'm willing to believe that uh, they might have miscounted something. And then they claimed they had another 160 firearms turned in for no money. Um, so doing the math, which I am, I have to say, I've, been, I've always had a, a bit of a talent for these kind of problems mm-hmm. in math. So that means that the 160 guns that were turned in after they ran out of the gift cards, were 73 handguns and 87 long guns. Um, so there, there is that component. I mentioned the estate type to inherit a firearm and then turn it in because they want a little money and they don't want to go to the trouble to figure out the best way to get rid of it. And then there are the economic types. Those guys were first in line, and they knew how much their guns were worth, and they wanted to make money on the event, and I'm sure they did. And then you have the ideological types. And, of course, there's some overlap. There's always some overlap between these types. But the ideological types is they want to turn in a gun and have it destroyed because, well, they don't like guns. Because guns uh, bad. Guns bad. Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, that is just crazy. I've mentioned before, and I will mention it again because it's just so bizarre to most of us is a Tucson event where somebody brought in a real minty four-inch Colt Python. 
you know, that deep, lustrous blue. I I had a somebody sent me a picture of it. It's worth thousands of dollars, and uh, people offered this person thousands of dollars for it rather than turn it in for I think they got a hundred bucks, and they were adamant. No, they wanted that gun destroyed. So we don't allow that anymore. In uh, in Arizona, we passed the law saying. You turn guns in at these events, you get guns. If the police get guns from a turn-in, they have to um, just sell them. Uh, you know, they put them up for auction or whatever, and then the proceeds go to benefit the public treasury. Sure. Which just makes sense. I mean, why would you just destroy stuff that's valuable for no reason? I mean, we don't just destroy cars that you confiscate, you know, you put them out at auction. They're most valuable things. You, you don't just destroy them, but the people want to make, you know, who run these events are trying to make a political statement. Guns are bad. You know, turn them into the police. Well, that's why I love to see private purchasers, private buyers at these events, where they, uh, you know, they send out the message, whether the, it's intentional or not, uh, guns are valuable. We pay cash. And, uh, that, it was really fun to see that in Dallas. And uh, I did have a source at the recent El Paso event. I'll be talking to him on uh, tomorrow. So hopefully I'll be able to get a, an article about what happened there as well. And I hesitated. I didn't buy any guns when I was in Dallas, I mean, first off, that wasn't my primary concern. I was trying to cover the event, take pictures, do interviews, all that kind of thing. Right. But after the event was over, people were still showing up. And I realized now that there was a, an old antique, uh, 32 revolver that I probably could have picked up for 50 bucks. If I'd have been sharp because they weren't offering any money for them anymore. The gift cards ran out long before and as an antique, something made before 98, I wouldn't have been violating any of the federal laws on purchasing a firearm across state lines because antiques are not firearms under federal law. Yeah, so maybe but you, if I ever, you, you would have you would be going you, you would be putting your uh, your freedom up up for grabs. You would be betting people know what you know. So, I mean, that was interesting. But anyway. You, and it's, it's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Hang on for me, if you will. Uh, this article, like all the other things that we talk about here, Dean and I, you can find these at com, the biggest website of its type on the planet. Dean is the biggest writer on the biggest website, which makes him the biggest writer. So, check that out, com. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. Precision has paved the way as a leading manufacturer of American-made AR parts. Aero Precision caters to the rifle builder by engineering quality receivers, hand guards, and other essential parts. Aero Precision's added enhancements create a smooth build process from start to finish for beginners and seasoned builders. Whether this is your first rifle or your 50th, Aero Precision offers everything you need to make a quality AR at an affordable price. 
Holster.com, the home of DeSantis Quality Built American Made Products for 45 plus years. Supporting police and government contracts from first responders to responsible citizens. Holster.com is your source for quality American made leather and Kydex holsters for the armed American. For concealed carry or open carry, Holster.com has what you need. We didn't invent concealment, we perfected it. Go to Holster.com now and buy a DeSantis holster today. A news update. A ruling in the Trump Colorado ballots case is likely to come from the U.S. Supreme Court before the Super Tuesday primary elections in March. Arguments in the case wrapped up on Thursday. Trump's lawyers arguing that the Civil War era clause of the 14th Amendment being used against Trump shouldn't apply to presidents, only lower office holders. House Republicans are aiming for success with their second attempt to impeach the Secretary of Homeland Security. Their initial vote to impeach Alejandro Mayorkas for his management of the southern border fell short earlier this week. Next time, they will have House Majority Leader Steve Scalise, who was absent during the first vote due to treatment for blood cancer. Home prices shot up in more than 85% of metro markets last quarter as mortgage rates dropped from their highest level in over two decades. Sales prices for single-family existing homes increased in 189 of the 221 metro areas measured. John Schaefer, USA News. February is Heart Month, and every year, Extendivite has a sale. This year is no different. Extendivite is regularly $69.95 plus shipping and handling for a two-month supply. In February, Extendivite is only $57.50 for a two-month supply plus shipping and handling. Extendivite is a combination of garlic, cayenne, hawthorn, bilberry, ginkgo biloba, valerian, and milk thistle. These ingredients work synergistically to improve your overall health. So don't delay. Join the Extendivite family today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendivite. Most folks don't realize this fact. Our country is only four missed meals away from chaos, and those meals can vanish fast. In a national emergency, fragile supply chains break down and will wipe grocery store shelves clean in a matter of hours. Before this happens, there's something you should do today. Let's stock up on emergency food storage. My Patriot Supply is the company millions of American families trust for their emergency supplies. You should, too. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each kit contains delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. My Patriot Supply also sells large solar generators, gravity-powered water filtration systems, off-grid room heaters for when the power goes out, heirloom seeds, and other survival necessities. Order by 3 p.m. and your items ship the same day, fast. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com right now. Those who know what's coming, prepare before the chaos starts. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome back. This is Lock and Load talking to Dean Weingarten. And, uh, well, 
We were just well, talking. Just yeah, let's finish, finish up about up. about those guys. I'll just finish up about the uh, gun turn-in events, and that is that a lot of people have expressed concerns about purchasing a firearm at these events because they're afraid they might get a firearm which had been stolen. Well, there some of these events, including the recent ones, the three in New Mexico, check all the firearms to see if they are stolen. And in the one in New Mexico, 483 firearms were turned in, and they found two guns which had been stolen. And then uh, I looked through my records and I found another event where they had uh, checked the guns, and about 2,000 were checked in Phoenix in 2012, and they found four guns which had been stolen. So the odds of getting a stolen gun are tiny, 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 something like less than one-half of 1%. Right. And when I checked the laws relating to receiving a stolen firearm, they're never, they all of them have provisions that you had to know the firearm was stolen before you are prosecuted. And so you never see, well, never is an absolute term. Let's say <laughs> it, you almost never see anyone prosecuted for possession of a stolen firearm if they can legitimately show that they didn't have any reason to believe it was stolen when they got it. Right. And that would have been the case um, at most of these gun turn-in events. The other thing about these events is they're being fueled by government money created out of thin air by the Biden administration. Mm. Uh, I think it's called the American Rescue Plan, where they created like one and a half trillion, not million, not billion, trillion dollars out of thin air. Of course, that fuels inflation, which everybody's paying more at the pump and more for food and more for just about everything. House prices have gone sky high. Um, well, that's what's fueling these gun buybacks. The people, well, turn-ins, I should say. Uh, a lot of the politically connected people that Biden has handed the money out to, you know, said, well, we've got to spend this somehow. And uh, these gun turn-in events are one of the ways they do it. Yeah. Yeah. That one, uh, yeah, that, that's that's not surprising. That's not surprising. They're going to spend that money if they can. But uh, we, when you were talking about the antique gun, though, See how yes. many how many how many how many uh, law law enforcement people do we know that would actually know that that if you... I think I think a fair number would. now you got to remember too the law enforcement types who are checking things the ones who take down the serial numbers and record them and stuff at these events they are usually I mean the ones I've talked to have all been the firearms guys, the gun guys in their department. They're usually firearm instructors. Right. That's what they were in Dallas. And I was talking to those people there and I asked them, I said, and they said, oh, this one doesn't have any serial number. And I said, well, yeah, that's pretty common, you know, 368. And they said, yeah, yeah, you know, we know a lot of guns before 368, before 1968, didn't have serial numbers on them. I said, do you get very many of them turned in? And I said, yeah, we see quite a few. So amongst people who are knowledgeable about guns, it's pretty common knowledge. But And the big thing is that when 
they, you know, draft people to serve at these gun events. They want people that know something about guns. So most of the time, there will be people who understand uh, the laws and the frequency which with which people uh, show up with antiques. So I suspect that uh, that would not be a problem at most events. And, uh, you know... You also, when when you see somebody's credentials that you know is a uh, subject matter expert, I think they have a. So do you have, have credentials like that? Well, I just point them to Amalan. Yeah, they should make us. Some credentials I've written several like thousand that. articles about this stuff, yeah, guys. We, we should. We should have certified instructor in 1973. Yeah. They, we we should get some ID cards for that one. <laughs> subject matter idea. experts yeah, so, yeah so that we could uh you know we could walk in there and like of course this gun is an antique so, yeah, well, so what I if it my, says uh, it was made five minutes ago it's an antique i tell yeah, you yeah, yeah, yeah. well it uses uh, black powder and it has percussion it's definitely considered an antique yeah, by the yeah. uh, non-gun but yeah so anyway uh so uh yeah i could have some fun with that and i i have a i say i like the old, the, the first generation or the second generation of cartridge pistols, revolvers generally, I have an affinity for. I just kind of like them. They're usually extremely well made because yeah. they're all made by expert craftsmen in those days. And we're, we're talking about guns that were meant for the military, so they underwent significant tests. And uh, right now, I have a couple of the old um German Reich revolvers and a, one of the French, a uh, couple of French ones, the 1873 French model. And and uh, unfortunately, the American versions are just hideous. With, well, let's say they're very popular and very expensive. Gotcha. So, so I picked up some of the European ones, and they're just uh, they're really nice um, revolvers considering they're over 100 years old. You know, um, so it's, it's just kind of interesting to see how people solved the problems they had back then. Now, one of the things that I've noticed about these revolvers, they usually have fixed sights, and that makes sense because they only had one load. You know, when you're using black powder, you have to fill the case up so that the powder is slightly compressed. So there's no purpose in served in having adjustable sights in most cases. And that's why the rifles and pistols of the period generally had fixed sights. And, you know, the load shot to where the sights were adjusted to, and that was it. But they also had extremely, well, let's see, very little practice with firearms because ammunition was so expensive. Uh, I mean, when I look at the records, they'd shoot like maybe... 18 to 24 rounds a year for military officers who carried pistols. You know, that was their practice. So uh, there's there's maybe a reason that pistols didn't gain a reputation for being uh, accurate until you know, right about 1880 or so. Right. 
Uh, it started uh, that the Smith & Wesson top brake pistol, the Model 3, had a reputa- uh, reputation for accuracy and some of the others. And, you know, ammunition was becoming somewhat less expensive as it was being mass-produced as well. Well, that... <laughs> That that didn't sound like a whole lot of practice, but anyway, that that uh, as usual, that's all very interesting. We're coming up on the last break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about another bear attack on on the uh, Japanese island of Hokkaido. Which uh, I don't know how many people on the American side actually know these kind of things happen. So this is I was astounded yeah 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 sort of an exclusive right here brought to you by dean weingarten who has the biggest database of bear attacks of anybody i know in north america which is uh you know it's i fascinates me The, the 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 subject matter is fascinating this article, along with the last article we just talked about, you can find these at amalan.com where dean has written he's got 24 nearly 2400 articles there 2300 plus and, uh, yeah, it's it's quite, quite the archive waiting for you. We'll be right back. This is Lock and Load. What if you could cut your heating bills this winter with your existing wood-burning fireplace and not spend thousands doing it? You can with Great Wall of Fire Fireplace Grates. Our U.S. patented Made in America Wall of Fire Grates increase fireplace efficiency, eliminate fireplace smoke problems, and come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. See our grates in action and get free shipping from walloffire.com or call 800-274-7364. Fireplace heat without fireplace smoke. Walloffire.com. Stop aging now. Restore those joints. Boost your strength. Because it's official. Nutramedical has released the most exciting, powerful anti-aging supplement on the market. Dr. Bill Deagle's Red Deer Velvet DR has been approved by the U.S. Patent Office. Imagine stem cell rejuvenation all in one capsule without huge expense. Dr. Bill MD discovered that as an unborn baby grows in the mother's womb, he or she does not deteriorate or physically age. Red Deer Velvet DR, like the uterus, provides 300 biomolecules and six hormones protected in one special DR capsule that delivers lipid packages directly into your circulation. This patented technology bypasses the stomach and is released into the small bowel unaltered by digestive enzymes and stomach acid. Remember, Red Deer Velvet DR. Improve endurance, stimulate your immune system, increase learning ability, and even improve sexual libido with Red Deer Velvet DR. Click NutriMedical.com. That's N-U-T-R-I-Medical.com. Or call toll-free 888-212-8871 and get on the road to a newer, rejuvenated, happier you. Are you curious about what might be missing from your diet and supplement choices? Take a free health assessment to identify your possible nutrient deficiencies. As a certified holistic health coach, I will help you assess and prioritize a supplement program based on Dr. Wallach's recommendations. Call Linda at 833-VITAL90. That number to call is 833-848-2590. That's 833-VITAL90. When it comes to vaping, the truth can get clouded. So let's make it clear. 
Vaping is not safe for kids, teens, or young adults. It's just not. Because vaping can put microscopic particles into your lungs. And dangerous things like metals and volatile organic compounds into your body. And nicotine, the same highly addictive substance found in regular cigarettes. Nicotine can harm a person's brain development through their mid-20s. Affecting learning, memory, attention, and impulse control. And priming the brain for other addictions. Vaping products also come in kid-friendly flavors that can make them appealing to youth. And many kids also use other drugs, like marijuana, in vaping devices. With appealing flavors, high nicotine levels, and lots of promotion on social media. Many kids think vaping is harmless, but it's not. So talk to your kids about the risks of vaping. Because when you talk... They hear you. If you're concerned about the power grid and want to generate your own supply of off-grid electricity, this will be the most important message you'll hear this year. Here's why. We now have a small number of solar generators back in stock. These emergency backup systems provide life-saving backup power when you need it most. And unlike gas generators, solar generators run quietly, emit no dangerous fumes, and produce an endless supply of free electricity from the sun. Whether it's wildfires, dangerous weather, power grid issues, or just getting off the grid, you'll never have to suffer through painful power outages again. Even better, all this week, radio listeners get over $700 in free off-the-grid bonuses, too. Go to MySolarBackup.com to learn more and check availability. That's MySolarBackup.com. Look for the free report, Crisis Cooling, how to make absolutely sure your meat, milk, and medicines stay safe and cool in any power outage. Yours free at MySolarBackup.com. Last time on the firing line. This is Lock and Load, and we're talking to Dean Weingarten. So then, the bear. Let's talk about this bear. This back in this yeah. is the end of the month, last month. This was, uh, yeah, it um, it happened on the, the very last day of the month, October 31st, on the Japanese island of, uh, I'm going to say Hokkaido. And it was a brown bear, what we call it, grizzly bear or uh you know, a, a Kodiak bear, and these are big bears. They're on this island. There's a lot of salmon runs that occur on this island. And uh, this bear was up on a mountain, and there were three guys that were hiking the mountain. And they were middle-aged because we it's reported that two of them were in their 40s. So I'm suspecting the third guy was probably about the same age. And they're hiking up this trail, and this bear comes at them from behind and he starts mauling the last guy in line and he mauling the second guy in line. But while this go- is going on, the guy in front of the line happens to have a hunting knife and he goes after the bear and he's effective enough that the bear breaks off the attack and takes off. Well, then, <clears throat> then what happens is the Authorities go up to investigate this attack, and they find two bodies up there. They found a brown bear dead, and they found the body of a 22-year-old man who had been missing from two days before, and 
they identified it with DNA because it was pretty badly mauled and been eaten somewhat. Right. And what it appears is that this brown bear had killed this previous hiker and was uh, had cached his body as a food source. And then when the other three guys came up, it was defending the body of the hiker that it was feeding on against these other three guys. Now, I would love to know the model and make of the knife this guy was carrying because he was very effective with it. I've, I've seen a few accounts of people who killed uh, grizzly bears with knives, and they usually get tore up pretty badly in the process. But this guy apparently had very minor injuries, if any. Of course, he was going after the bear after it was going after his other two buddies. Right. So when when the bear is occupied on somebody else, it's apparently possible to get in a few good strikes with a knife before the bear decides that it's got to, you know, break off the attack. And that's similar to the case that happened uh, a few years ago in Canada with a black bear. Uh, the guy had his dog with him. And the dog jumped in between him and the bear, and then the bear grabbed the dog. And then um, uh, the fellow, I'm trying to remember his his real name, but his screen name is Kanawa on Free Republic. He jumped past the dog, then jumped on the back of the bear and started stabbing the bear in the, knife, in the neck, Tarzan style. And he killed that bear pretty quickly and his dog recovered and uh, he all he got in the incident was a minor cut so it can be done i would recommend uh, you know a handgun or a rifle or a shotgun but if you don't have them you know a knife can work and frankly if you had I, if i had to have a bladed weapon i'd rather have you know a spear get a little more standoff distance <laughs> you know you got to get in really close with a yeah. knife that, that um, would be, so they, you got to get, 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 get in with uh, within a claw swipe distance. Yeah, it? exactly. Yeah. And um, so they uh, they found uh, this bear, uh, dead bear, and they found uh, the body of this previous hiker. Um, so now the other thing that really surprised me is how many bear attacks where they actually have injuries have happened in this year in Japan. Now, we get, I think most bear attacks probably get reported in the United States. And we're looking at, you know, a couple dozen a year. And we've got like most of a million, half a million to a million black bears in the, in the United States and 300 million people. Well, in Japan, they believe, and the bear population has been increasing rapidly in Japan, and uh, by one account, it's up to about 44,000. Well, that's not even a tenth of what we have in the United States. But in this last year, they had 177 people attacked by bears, which is a record. And before that, they had 158 in 2020. And they had a number of people killed, too. I mean, not just injured. And I'm, I'm just astounded that they have so many bear attacks in Japan. So when I started doing a little research, what we find out is that about half, more than half of Japan is heavily wooded mountain areas. Yeah. 
And so there's a lot of wild land in Japan. Japan, the whole area of Japan is just a little smaller than Montana. Montana is a pretty big state. And so they have two species of bears. They have these uh, uh, essentially grizzly slash brown bears on Hokkaido. That's the northernmost island. It's a big island. And then the rest of the islands don't have those. They have the European black bear. And those are closely related to the American black bear, but they seem a bit more aggressive. And they um, they have those bears are, they think the population has tripled in recent years to 44,000. Well, that's, that's a lot of bears. And what's happening is because the Japanese human population is decreasing many of the rural agricultural villages that are up in the mountains are being abandoned and the farms are being abandoned and you don't have you know I, we, we see it in some states like uh, maybe North Dakota well that was before the big oil boom I guess right anyway uh, that uh, you know people there's just not enough people to fill all the houses and so the farms get abandoned and that has led, there are still people around, but these abandoned farms have fruit trees and former pastures and stuff, and they have food that the bears are interested in, and the bear population's increasing, so the bears are moving in where the people are moving out, and you get more contact with people, and you get these uh, record numbers of uh, bear attacks. I mean, who would have thought it? Japan. I just never thought of Japan as having a lot of bears and having bear attacks. But here in Japan, they have more bear attacks than in the entire United States. Well, I mean, they're, they're about to have a big problem. And uh, thanks to Fukushima, they've got a bunch of radioactive boars that are out there that they're going to have <laughs> to deal right. with at some point. And, yeah, the boar population, as well as the bears, are going up. And some people have been attacked by boars yeah. as well as bears. In Japan. When I was stationed in Europe, the boars, they were very used to, to humans. Right. So they would uh, they would be more than willing to uh, get very, very close to us. I mean, it was, yeah. it was a little unnerving because when you realize how much they can eat, and they never travel well, alone, yeah. so they're always a herd of boar. So Japan's going to have to have that problem coming up, too. They're going to deal with that very shortly as well. Yes, you are correct. So, um, so anyway, that's what's happening in Japan. I was surprised by it, but uh, I had read a little bit about bear attacks, but I thought it was mostly confined to Haikido up in the, you know, the far north where they have the grizzly bears. Right. Apparently, these uh, black bears, which are about the size of our black bears, right? Maybe slightly smaller, but are much more aggressive, and partly because I'm sure the population is unarmed, and so the black bears, if they start getting too uh, you know, aggressive. They don't just get shot like they do here. Nope. They, 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 but if you got somebody who knows what he's doing with a knife, they might get dealt with, right? <laughs> yeah. You've got to get awfully close. Maybe they'll start carrying spears on their hikes. They'd probably outlaw them. Anyway, you know, that's... Oh, you, you are probably correct. In any event, we're about to come to the end of our time for the week. Once again, as usual, Dean, I always appreciate your collaboration, your time, your storytelling, all that stuff. I always appreciate that. And it's always fun. Because Dean's always writing. Dean never, I mean, even when Dean is on vacation, Dean is writing. When Dean is on 
on holiday when he's on walkabout he's riding so i mean it's always it's always something with him yeah, uh, uh, check out his true. stuff at ammoland.com as for me i will be back on monday and you should heed this that i'm about to tell you it's never been about gun control not once not ever not any of the stuff that they do that you read about all of this is all designed to control every aspect of your life everything about you it always has been always going to be this has been lock and load What's in a name? If that name is Ace Firearms, you've just entered a very expensive business. First, a fully appointed gun shop with all the guns, ammo, and accessories you could possibly imagine. But then you enter the manufacturing facility that is home to Red Alligator Concealment, Militia Arms Customs, and so much more. Ace Firearms is beyond a simple gun shop. This is a totally peerless operation. To find out more, go to acefirearms.com. Ace Firearms. This is only the beginning. At Spikes Tactical, we are all shooters with a very simple mission. Make the best product we can perfect at the best possible price for our consumers. We strive to produce the best components and rifles available with quality control second to none because real-world events don't allow for a second chance. Whether you are an operator, competitor, or home defender, Spikes Tactical will serve you well. Go to SpikesTactical.com. Spikes Tactical, 100% American-made to the highest standard. Let me tell you a story about Bill. Bill was a normal guy in his 50s. He had back surgery about two years ago. Bill was in a lot of pain. He dealt with his pain by taking the Percocets his doctor prescribed for him. Bill took more and more and more of them to help with the pain. Until one day, the prescriptions weren't enough to get rid of Bill's pain. Then one day, Bill found someone to help him get rid of the pain with illegal drugs he didn't need a prescription for. Fast forward to today. Bill lost his job and his family. The only thing he does have is his drug dealer. If you know Bill's story and you don't want to end up like Bill, call the Detox and Treatment Helpline right now to get away and get treatment. 800-296-1327. 800-296-1327. Call right now. Help is standing by. 800-296-1327.